0: Welcome to episode number 42 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Traponi of draftanalyst.com. I'm joined from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis by Tony Pauline as we get ready for player workouts to come over the next few days. Tony, what's going on in Indy?
1: Oh, very busy for the first day for myself anyway. The entire day in the media center with interviews, watching the running backs and the uh, offensive linemen lift weights on the bench press. A lot of other work, and it's just going to get crazier tomorrow because that same group of offensive linemen and running backs are going to take to the turf of Lucas Oil Stadium, and, and the real workouts begin. So it's just going to get crazier from here on out for the next four days.
0: Now, you posted a story earlier Thursday with some free agency rumors. We've talked a lot about pass rushers being the strongest position available in free agency. You wrote that the Miami Dolphins are the current front runners for defensive end Trey Flowers. Do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that is the belief right now. That could change. But, you know, the Miami Dolphins hire a position coach from the New England Patriots to be their head coach. Trey Flowers is the apple of everyone's eye in the free agent market. The uh, Dolphins need to get younger on the defensive line as a whole, but especially at the pass rusher position. Makes a lot of sense. And from what, what I understand, you know, they're very likely to part with the money to bring Trey Flowers in. A lot could change, but the word right now is that the uh, the Dolphins will be the frontrunners to sign Trey Flowers, who, as we've spoken about, is, is the top free agent prospect available at uh, pass rusher, which is the top position in the free agency this year.
0: Now, a few days ago in your latest mock draft, you had the Oakland Raiders selecting wide receiver DK Metcalf, but you're also hearing they may have interest in another big-name receiver as well. Once the Antonio Brown trade talks heat up, how strong of a push do you think Oakland's going to make for the disgruntled Steelers wideout?
1: According to a couple of people that I've spoken with, a strong push for a couple of reasons. Number one, they think that Antonio Brown is a Raiders type of player. They think he'll fit in perfectly with Coach John Gruden. They think he's the type of player that new general manager Mike Mayak would like. Obviously, there's a need at the position since they uh, traded Amari Cooper in the middle of last season to the Dallas Cowboys. Plus, they've got an arsenal of picks, which they could use to trade for Antonio Brown. Now, I had a conversation with someone later this evening, earlier this evening, I should say, and what they said to me makes total sense. I mean, people are talking about maybe a third-round pick for Brown, a second-round pick, but that third pick that the Oakland Raiders have in the first round at the bottom of round one, Antonio Brown is more valuable than any player that they're going to select with that uh, with that choice. Even DK Metcalf, who I have them taking in round one, Antonio Brown's more established. He's a much better receiver. You're getting a polished veteran. So it it just makes too much sense for it not to happen. Right now, people believe the Oakland Raiders are the front runners to acquire Antonio Brown via trade.
0: Now, sticking with the pass catchers, we've discussed the tight end position at length on this podcast, both in terms of draft prospects, whether they're going to be overdrafted because of the need of the position, and also when it comes to the top free agents. Now, a lesser name among the free agents who's gathering a large amount of buzz around Indy is Baltimore's Nick Boyle. Is it really true, Tony, that two thirds of the league approximately is having interest in Boyle?
1: I know of at least 19 teams that have spoken with Boyle's representatives about potentially bringing the big tight end in as a free agent signee. So he's that hot. Now, it's uh, it's kind of interesting because we spoke back in November where I had said that I spoke with people who told me that the tight ends were going to be overdrafted in this year's draft or overselected in this year's draft because of, there's such a need at the position. But most of those tight ends and most of the types of players that teams are looking for at the position are the guys that can stretch the seam, the guys who can get downfield, the guys who can create mismatches in the secondary a la Rob Gronkowski and the rest. Boyle's not like that. What he is is he's a masher of a blocker. He's powerful. He destroys opponents at the point of attack, which kind of tells me, that teams want any type of tight end, either the, big, uh, the guys who play the uh, tight end position like receiver or the tight ends that play the position like an offensive lineman.
0: Now, as we're based in New York here, we talk often about both the Jets and the Giants, mainly the Jets, but we also get their uh, the big brothers, supposedly, some love as well. You mentioned Bryce Callahan as an option for the Jets if the Bears aren't able to retain him in free agency. You also said that Gang Green is likely to trade down if they're able to add a pass rusher in free agency. Have you heard anything more from Lucas Oil Stadium about their free agency plans?
1: I'm told that the Jets are very high on Bryce Callahan, and he is a definite target in free agency for a couple of reasons. Mo Claiborne and Buster Screen are free agents, so the Jets may need a starting cornerback as well as a nickel cornerback, and Callahan is the Chicago Bears' starting nickelback. There's a chance that the Jets could re-sign Buster Screen, I learned this evening, but if they don't re-sign Buster Screen, look for them to make a big push towards uh, Callahan uh, of the Bears. As far as trading down, you know, it all depends on if they're able to sign a pass rusher in free agency. And from what I've been told, they will turn over every rock as far as the free agency is concerned when it comes to the edge rushers. I've talked about uh, Dante Fowler. We talked about Ezekiel Ansah. I've learned today that they've, they've also shown interest in Preston Smith, as well as Frank Clark of the Seattle Seahawks. Who's likely to get the franchise tag, which basically goes along with the narrative that I'm hearing that the Jets are going to do everything they can to sign a big name pass rusher to get that need fulfilled before the draft. Then if they do that, I think that they will try and attempt to trade down to a team who wants to move up likely to get one of the quarterbacks. And if they do move down, then the Jets could fill some other needs, such as offensive line or maybe the cornerback position, which if they don't bring uh, Mo Claiborne back, it's still going to be a need for a starting cornerback. I mentioned Greedy Williams. As people told me here, he would be the perfect fit for a Greg Williams defense. The other thing I'm hearing is the Jets could also bring back one of their own free agents, Brandon Copeland, who was listed as a starter at the end of the year. He's a free agent. The Jets have also shown an interest in bringing him back. One final point on the Jets, Chris, someone tonight told me that they are all in to win in 2019, that there are jobs on the line, most likely Mike McCagnan, who, you know, McKagan is somebody I respect. You know, you go to the senior bowl with me and I'm always commenting on his work ethic. The guys at the Shrine Game practices, he goes to NFLPA practices. He's a hardworking guy. But the word here that I heard tonight is that the Jets are all in to win this year. It's not a situation where they're building for the future with this new coaching staff. They want to win this year or they feel there will be jobs on the line. If they don't win, I should say, there will be jobs on the line at the end of the season.
0: Now, moving to the other side of New York here, Nick Foles is the top quarterback on the free agent market. The Giants are one of those teams you mentioned that may have some interest in moving up near the top of the draft if anybody's interested in trading General Manager Mike McCagnan for the Jets did say he'd be willing to trade with the Giants, but we might not even get to that point because Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, and the Giants are also in the mix for Nick Foles, the former Eagle who they let go without franchising him, knowing that they weren't going to get enough back in exchange. They'll just take the comp pick, which will probably be a third round pick based on the money Foles is likely to get, but the Giants are in the mix for Foles, right? It's not just the Jaguars as the front
1: runner. I don't know that the Giants are in the mix just yet because everything's kind of brand new since he didn't get franchised yesterday. But I've known for a couple of weeks now that the Giants have had interest in Foles. There was some concern that the Eagles would franchise Foles basically to keep them away from any team in their own division. The New York Giants, uh, as far as this conversation is concerned, to keep Foles away from staying in the division with another team. I've also been told that Pat Shermer, who has a previous relationship working with Foles, is a big fan of Foles, definitely wants to broach the topic of bringing him in. And we saw what uh, Shermer did with Case Keenum, basically resurrected his career for that year with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't believe that a change of scenery is necessarily good for Foles, but I think a change of scenery with a guy like Pat Shermer, who's a tremendous quarterback coach, would be a preferable change of senior reform.
0: Now, moving on a bit from free agency here, there has been a bit of talk of a potential NFL work stoppage in the near future. What's the latest you're hearing on that?
1: I am told that it will not be a lockout. I'm told that the owners will basically offer the same contract. The owners like the contract that they have now. They will offer the same contract to the NFLPA. So if there is a work stoppage, it's not going to be on the behalf of the owners. It's whether or not the players decide to, t- to say, no, we don't want that. We want a different deal. And the players go on strike.
0: Now, you joined former ESPN reporter John Clayton on his radio show earlier Thursday afternoon. He actually had his own take On what would happen there. What was his particular insight?
1: Yeah, John told me that he believes the CBA is close to being signed. He's the only one I've heard that from, but he believes that they're very close uh, as far as the uh, negotiations are concerned. And John told me that he wouldn't be surprised if a new CBA is signed within the next couple of months by both the NFLPA and the league owners.
0: Now, moving on to the combine here. Obviously, Kyler Murray has really been the talk of the event after measurements this morning. Came in over 5'10", weighed in at 207 pounds, had 9.5-inch hands. Besides the measurables and the fact that he said he won't participate in any of the on-field workouts, what's the latest you're hearing on the Oklahoma signal caller?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are jumping into the gun saying, based off his measurements today, he's going to be the first pick of the draft. People in the media are saying that. No one I've talked to in the league actually believes that at this point in time. Some people are concerned, you know, why is he not taking part in, in the, any of the testing? You know, did he bulk up to 206 pounds and he's not going to be able to run as fast at 206 pounds as he would of his playing weight? And it's always a concern why he's not throwing here at the combine. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, who is his number one competitor as far as that number one spot at the quarterback position, is throwing. So a lot of people I spoke with feel that Murray is making a mistake by not participating in the testing as well as the throwing when the other guy, Dwayne Haskins, who's the number one quarterback on our board, will all, will be participating in everything and will you know be throwing the ball.
0: I had a similar thought to you when I heard that Murray wasn't going to work out and that he weighed in at 207 pounds. Is he too bulky to keep his speed? Is he going to end up just shedding weight for his pro day when he works out there playing closer to maybe 200 or even 195 pounds? During his rookie season, rather than a 207 here, do you think it was just a situation where Murray wanted to come in and prove that his frame could handle that kind of weight? Did he just want to put it on for show? What, what was the reasoning behind that, if you have any insight?
1: Well, I, I think it was to quell the, the criticisms of the, of the height and the frame. You know, I have stated all along. People talk about the fact that he's not—he wasn't going to be five ten. He was going to be—he was going to be five and change. My concern was also with his frame because he looks very small and frail back there. Now he's up to two oh seven. You know, is two oh seven his real playing weight? Like you said, did he just put it on, just add the bulk, you know, to look good during combine weigh-ins. And we'll have to wait and see when it comes time for Oklahoma's pro day when he runs the forty. Is he weighed again? What does he actually weigh? That's a game that players have basically used. You know, throughout the years, so sometimes offensive linemen will come in uh, bigger and, and heavier and then they won't run because they know they're they're not going to be able to run well. And then they uh, go to their pro day and they'll run it. This is a game that's been played constantly. The thing is, with Kyler Murray, you're talking about the most talked about player in this year's draft. So you have to watch during the Oklahoma pro day. Does he weigh in again? What does he weigh at? And what is he uh, what is he time the 40 at? If it's a situation where all of a sudden during pro day, he's 198 pounds or 197 pounds, regardless of what he runs, there's going to be red flags thrown up, not only in the scouting community, but I think the media is going to start to ask questions why.
0: Now, last week we discussed the regional combine that's going to take place in Kansas City in the middle of March. You mentioned that Jalen Ferguson, the defensive end from Louisiana Tech, would not be attending. What are you hearing about Colorado State receiver Preston Williams?
1: Yeah, he's not going to attend either. He's going to wait to his pro day uh, to work out for teams. I'm told that right now Williams has about a half a dozen official visits. They expect that number to blow up over the next couple of weeks. I'm told that Williams has been very busy the few days he's been here with the medicals, with the team interviews, as you would expect. Everyone wants to uh, get to speak with him because he wasn't at the senior ball. He's an underclassman, and he's the guy that's got some off the field issues. So he's been busy here. Almost a half a dozen of official visits right now for Preston Williams, but that number is probably going to be closer to 15 to 18 when all is said and done and his schedule is is finalized.
0: And that's all for the 42nd episode of The Draft Analysts presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd also be happy to answer on the show. You can find us at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst One, and at Believe Podcasts to get in touch with us that way. We'll have several podcasts for you in the coming days with the Combine heating up. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for those. And as always, make sure you head over to DraftAnalyst.com for all the latest buzz from Lucas Oil Stadium and the other fine establishments in the Indianapolis area. For Tony Pauline...
1: This is Chris Tripodi, and we'll talk to you soon.